Welcome back to Basically Anxious. I'm Shosh. And I'm Lynn. Today we are back. We want to talk about a hot topic at the moment, which is sororities. Um, at the end of last week's episode, Shosh introduced us to the world of Alabama Rush TikTok. I hope mm-hmm. since then you guys have made it there yourselves. Um, <laughs> that's really what inspired today's discussion. Um, we actually both were in sororities in college, so we want to share our personal sorority experiences, give a little background on the process, debunk some myths, and share overall whether or not we think joining a sorority was worth it. But before we do that, we're always going to start with our weekly recaps. So how's your week going? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't really even know how to put it into words. Um, I don't know. I swear like stuff kind of took an interesting turn, like right when I moved here, but like and I, and I kind of feel like this maybe is just like the New York way, but like, my God, have the phrases work hard, play hard, never been more true in my life. Like I, my job has been so tough lately, like just mm-hmm. really grueling. Um, but I'm having like so much fun outside of it. And, and it's not even like, I don't like dislike my job like that's not to say I dislike my job and that's like going out and stuff is like the only good thing or whatever I do generally like my job it's just been this past two weeks that have been like a unique type of hard um that I don't even really know how to put into words but it is what it is like it's yeah it really just is what it is I'm not going into the details of what like the experiences are but um but I have been having so much fun on the weekends and like even like like my roommate, I like find ways to do fun stuff on the weekdays too. Um, which is kind of a game changer doing fun stuff on the weekdays. Like after work is like really, like really is a game changer. And I'm like trying really hard to like get up earlier in the morning and, um, you know, have more time there. So it doesn't just feel like my whole day is like working. Um, Mm-hmm. but yeah, everything's the same. Everything's pretty good. I don't even think there's like any major updates, which honestly is probably a really great thing. So what's mm-hmm. going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> the same as though. Yeah. Um, I'm going home to New Mexico tomorrow. So I've just been feeling like very scattered. Like I need to pack. I need to just like get all my stuff together, all my ducks in a row. Um, but that's just kind of been like the energy of today. I feel like I've been like going around the house, like doing one thing, not finishing it, going to another thing, not finishing it, which is not good. So after this, I definitely need to like go get my actual ish together and pack (laughs) and get all my stuff done. But um, other than that, I'm excited to go home. I haven't been home since December and I'm excited to see my family and just hang out. We're only going to Sunday, so it's going to be a quick trip, but I'm really looking forward to it just to have a change of scenery. Um, I recently finished a new Colleen Hoover book. I took a little Colleen Hoover break. Um, so I was really excited about this book, but I'm just going to quickly share what it was about because it was the most outrageous thing I've ever read in my life. I literally gave it one star. I, I was saw. like, oh, I went on Instagram. Did, how did this get published? <laughs> oh my God. Wait, wh- tell, tell us why. So and and I just want to preface and emphasize again, I love Colleen Hoover. And most of the time I'm like, she can do no wrong in my right. eyes. But I was 
shook reading this book basically the premise is guy girl they meet at like a wedding um at some like bed and breakfast fall in love um and then they literally leave the retreat together or the airbnb together and then they stay together guy is in a band he has an instagram turns out he has a jealous ex jealous ex sees a photo of him and the new girl on his instagram it takes a turn and she literally just shows up. She shoots the new girl. She shoots the guy and then she gets shot. So you're all, you're just like, what is happening? This is weird. So then it's kind of like he has to be there to help the girl recover. And obviously she's having a lot of PTSD. So he's like, what better way than to rekindle our relationship than to go back to the bed and breakfast that we initially met at? Obviously. So they go back. She acts super weird. It's super crazy. One night when they're in this bed and breakfast, um, he thinks he sees like a ghost or like a spirit. Something happens. Anyways, long story short, you find out that the ghost is actually the soul of his girlfriend. And when the shooting happened, the soul of the stalker got into the soul of, or got into the body of the girl. So the whole time (laughs) you're just like, what the fuck? And the way this is discovered is because he starts falling in love with the ghost. And so the way this is discovered is he goes on to an online chat forum and it turns out he's communicating with another ghost who helps him figure this situation out. And you're like, what the actual fuck is happening here? And then like, I like, it just makes me want to laugh saying it out loud because it's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anyways, the only way at the end they discover this, um, the only way at the end to get his girlfriend's soul back in her body and remove the stalker from her body is to, um, kill her so they like stage this drowning and then obviously it's successful and they fall back in love and then they just like move somewhere completely different and are in love for the rest of their lives (laughs) that like actually is leaving me speechless what the fuck (laughs) like like it was just does she so unbelievable that i mean yeah, and like I'm fine reading a very fictional mm-hmm. book, but my God, that is extremely that that is an extreme for sure. Does she? I've never read her books, and people love uh-huh. them, but I and I know she she does write romance books, but she writes them with like yeah. way more like heavy or like yes. thick plot lines where like the romance isn't necessarily like the forefront of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but does she like are her books like? those type of books that just have really unique like interesting plots I would say it's definitely more of what you just said like she writes like very like deep romance books that have like a lot of like a lot of trauma and a lot of issues but I mean she's never done anything with like ghosts before but they're and all I like think I actually but they're all like real life uh, and they're okay. all like believable right so I was just like I think I maybe just didn't know what to expect but I did see at the end she had like her little author's note and it was like thank you so much to my publisher for helping me like explore a genre that I had not explored before and I was like maybe a genre you should not explore again but anyways I had to share because it was just so crazy and if you are considering reading Layla I don't recommend (laughs) wow I I don't (laughs) that is wild yeah, it's so disappointing when you have like your favorite author and you like you don't even have to like look at what the book summary is. Mm-hmm. You can just 
you'll just read it and you know you'll like it and they pull some weird fucking shit and you're like what is what am I listening or reading yeah I don't yeah disappointing I'm sure you're not the only one who feels that way like I'm not on Colleen Hoover book talk but like I'm sure there's some people who feel that way yeah yeah I I hope that I'm not alone I should go on Goodreads and commiserate with the people who also read it but um yeah just had to share that's all um, yes. Well, on that unique note, <laughs> let's get into sororities. Let's let's break it down. I um for context for anyone who like oh no, I explained it in the last episode. Okay, so if you need context of context of Bama Rush Talk, listen to our last episode because that gives you good context for what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, now that Lynn's on it, here we are. I think it's like I, I I have noticed that it's sparking a lot of other people sharing their experiences. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really good that people are sharing their experiences to balance out the like extremeness of Bama rush. Like Mm -hmm. that's such a unique, unique ecosystem of Greek life. That is not the majority of other places. Like, especially like you and I, like we both had very unique experiences and I, while I'm like loving it, I'm like afraid it might turn off people from like being interested in like sorority or Greek life or like rushing and like whatever. So I like that other people are being like, I'm going to share my, like Mm -hmm. my sorority experience. Although a lot of the experiences people are sharing are very negative. So that's unfortunate. Yes. But I mean, there's good and bad to being in a sorority and we'll, we'll get into all of that. But, um, so we're going to share our personal emphasis on personal sorority experience, very unique to ourselves. Um, and then our best experience, our worst experience with our sorority. We'll also break down some of like the myths or all the rumors that are going around about Greek life. Um, and then we'll just kind of give a wrap up of our reflection. Like, is it worth it and help you? I mean, our goal is to help you decide this would be something, you know, if you're in college, if this is something that you would be interested in, or, uh, maybe open your eyes to a different, you know, side of Greek life. Um, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I do want to say before I start sharing my personal experience, I think what's been so interesting about Alabama Rush TikTok is that it's presenting the idea of the idea of sororities to an audience that literally has no idea like yeah. like to them it's like a foreign concept totally. so like for Shosh and I watching these videos it's like we have like some sense of like oh like right. we went through that in like a similar way kind of thing but it's so funny and just so interesting to see people who are seeing it for like the first time totally be just so like baffled by it which also I think is another reason like why we wanted to do this episode just so we can give some clarification as well <laughs> Oh, also that actually reminds me of something that's, you're so right. You're so, so, so right. I, um, so obviously, you know, if you're on Bama, I'll keep this short, but if you're on Bama rush talk, you'll know what the situation is. But, um, there was one girl in there who like blew up really big and she was like beloved by most of people on Bama rush talk. Um, and she got dropped from all her sororities before, the last round that happens like before you get your bid basically and which was like a blind side to everybody and then the speculation is that she got dropped from the sororities um due to a video that was on old row which i don't even know what old row is but i'm assuming it's like a barstool thing um mm-hmm. have you seen the video yes i did yeah i'm gonna be honest had that video gone around 
when I was in Greek life and I was rushing or I was on the recruitment side and stuff, it would have been taken into consideration, unfortunately. I, and I don't, I don't think that that's, I think there's a lot of room for improvement within Greek life and a lot more room for grace. And Mm -hmm. I think that she would not have been blacklisted in at, you know, at Chapman Greek life, but given the context of Alabama, which has millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars going into this shit, the repercussions of actions are so much, it's so different. It's so different. The connections, the ecosystem of just sororities at the school is so different than like the, the Chapman stuff. And so I know that was a huge turnoff for a lot of people. They were like, how the fuck did this girl get cut? And I'm curious what your opinion is, but Mm -hmm. it is, there are a lot of alumni who are, you know, a little bit older than you and I, but closer to our age who gave really good perspective. And I hope that she hears it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's tough. You know, she was, I don't know, she was 17. She says she wasn't even drunk in it. Maybe not. I, I mean, it's, it's tough. And I do think there's other factors at play. 100% the jealousy the being on social media Mm -hmm. I'm possible elements of racism as well but it it is a tough situation I don't think it's as black and white as people quite understand it to be because you're right for to really understand why someone could get cut for that video you have to be deep in it and you have to have experienced Mm -hmm. Greek life to understand the nuances and the complexity of making decisions about people joining your chapter and stuff so um it's yeah, it's not as simple, but I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just putting it out there for the people who have like mm-hmm. no context of, you know, Greek life and how decisions are made that it's a lot more complicated than um, one bad video and you're done. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. I honestly don't even really have that much to say to follow up that. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you have to understand like the nuances that go into actually being part of the sorority. And I totally understand how like to an outsider, painting it in such a black and white fashion is like easier to do because you don't really understand like what's going on you know right like, yeah. or the way the decisions are made and totally. um I agree like there's so many other factors that do weigh into it that should be like accounted for I'm not like disregarding any totally, of that yeah. but um I mean, I, I completely think that, you know, something like that was circulating at my school, um, even though we're not to, you know, an extent like that strict, I guess, in a way. Um, I mean, that would have absolutely been taken into account of. And yeah. so, yeah, it's tough. Ugh. It's tough. She'll be fine. Though. But, She'll bounce back. Yeah. Anywho. She'll be fine. She has a bajillion TikTok followers yeah. now. She Girl's can an start influencer. Her, um, <laughs> she doesn't yeah, even go to school anymore. She could yeah. just drop out right now. <laughs> this could be it. End of the road for her. She is now an influencer. But um, anyways, all right. So now we're going to get into our personal experiences. Take it away. Yes. So I, as you all know, I went to University of Puget Sound, which is a small liberal arts school in Tacoma, Washington, just for a little bit of context. Um, UPS has five sororities total. So we have Kappa Alpha Theta, Alpha Phi, Gamma Phi Beta, Pi Beta Phi, and then Tridel, which was the newest one, which I think they added like in my last year. So I didn't really have like even an opportunity to rush Tridel. Um, but I was a member of Pi Beta Phi. Um, I actually originally wanted to be in G5, um, but the way it worked out, honestly, I look back on it now. I don't think that I would have been happy in the G5 chapter at my school. And I 
truly believe that like I ended up in Pi-Fi because I was meant to be in Pi-Fi. Um, but I was a little baby angel. I would say overall, it was a good experience. Um, my two best friends from college were in Pi-Fi with me and that's how I met them. Shout out to Sam and Alyssa. If mm-hmm. you're listening, um, I definitely was not very involved in like the leadership aspect of it or anything. I was honestly just kind of like I paid my dues and I was there and I (laughs) showed up when I needed to show up. Um, But I did do the um, the apparel for a year. So Mm. I guess I would say that's my one contribution. (laughs) That's a big contribution because a lot of these girls, it's like the whole like the whole getup is what they love. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I think it was a good experience for me. Um, I really just want to emphasize for me when I decided to go through the rush process, I think it was really because I was at a small liberal arts school and I felt that like the rushing environment was a lot more relaxed, a lot um, less strict and just more like it didn't seem as like a high pressure situation. I mean, you still definitely feel that when you're going through the process, but I genuinely believe that like if I had been at a bigger school, even at like UW, I probably would not have rushed because I think I would have been eaten alive. (laughs) Do you feel like had you not rushed at UPS, you would have had a better or worse experience? Like how integrated is Greek life at UPS? Yeah. So honestly, that's kind of a that's an interesting question because I feel like at UPS, if anything, I would lean on the side that Greek life was not heavily accepted by the majority of the people who went to UPS. But I think that for me and like the kind of person I am, as I was like trying to find my niche and like my, just like a circle of people to be with, I definitely just like got along better with the people who were joining sorority. So like, it kind of just like ended up making sense. Although I would not say that sororities were super like integrated into the school. I don't think there was like an overwhelming amount of support for them, um, which is totally fine. But I mean, it was still very present on campus and, you know, obviously present enough for them to have five houses and even get a new house while I was there. So I don't know. But yeah. yeah. I also feel like for context for your school and like the like vibe there didn't you say it's like fairly granola like it's like just way more chill people Mm -hmm. like you're not seeing what you're seeing on TikTok is not what you're getting at the University of Puget Sound no no not at all like for us I would say like the outfits like yes you had to I guess look nicer on one day and wear a dress for pref night but other than that like as long as you didn't show up wearing like your Birkenstocks and like a t-shirt like no one cared mm-hmm. I would say yeah so it was very relaxed um obviously some people took it more seriously than others I would say I took it a little bit more seriously than others just because I don't know I was like any excuse to get dressed up you know I'm there so wasn't weren't Sam and Alyssa involved like didn't they hold Sam positions? and Alyssa were very involved both of them were on exec um they they did the most they you guys were still friends so like you can have the two different types of people in one environment and still click with them you know yeah and I would also like to know I know that it's and we can talk about this later when we're debunking myths and stuff but at my school it was a requirement to live in the house so um you 
had to otherwise like your house was pretty much on the brink of being like you would lose the house if no one lived in it so um and you didn't really have a choice so so we all lived in the house together which I definitely think also helped you know bridge that gap of um like the exact team and everyone else how big was your sorority that is a good question that I don't actually know the answer to um I imagine it's smaller than mine. And I think mine maybe was like under 200. Yeah. I was going to say like maybe 150. Oh, okay. I had to guess like it was pretty small. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, I would say mine. I, I can't remember either. It's like definitely somewhere on my resume or something. I think it was like 160 or something like that, but yeah. they changing sizes. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I don't even know how big these, like these sororities and like, at like SE, what do they call them? S. EC schools like I don't I have no idea like they're they're what is called their pledge class literally looks like it's 150 entire sorority yeah like literally the entire sorority yeah tell me about your experience (laughs) um so I literally never thought I would join a sorority my mom is like quite frankly like anti-sorority like she didn't quite understand why you would do it and I think she just had the like um perspective of like what you see in the movies and stuff and you know I totally get that my mom's definitely a little bit more like a lot more granola than I am um Mm -hmm. uh but my grandma on my dad's side was in a sorority so that was the only kind of like connection to Greek life I had her sorority wasn't on my campus um she loved it and she wanted me to consider it and I don't rem- totally remember my thought process then, but I, I mean, just like for context of where I was in my life, like I had just graduated. Well, obviously we had all just graduated, but I had only had like a year of normalcy in my life. Like I had just finished treatment. I was just like feel starting to feel like a normal human again. And I just wanted to like soak up all the life experiences. And I genuinely think that's what drove me to just say, fuck it and do it because I don't really have a very fuck it and do it type of personality like it's honestly mm-hmm. astonishing that I actually did end up doing it um yeah so we our rush was at the beginning of the school year so I think it was like a month or so it was really early in the school year that's all I remember wait when was yours ours was actually fall okay ours yeah. they switched ours to they called it fall recruitment but um anyways so I rushed having no no, when I say I didn't know anything, like not an ounce of information about how any of the shit worked and, mm-hmm. or that I would even join one. I was just kind of like, why not try? Um, yeah. I can't remember how many sororities we had, but I think it was like six or seven or eight. And then we, uh, one of the sororities was, um, their nationals pulled them off our campus that my freshman year. And then we got a new sorority at some point in the mix or whatever. Um, but we had theta a fee g5 pi phi tri delta and other ones that i honestly i'm blanking on right now like when you listed up all of those i was like mm-hmm. oh wow i haven't heard all of those in a while <laughs> um i also just realized my rush was actually in the spring so i oh uh, gotcha a statement so i had like one whole semester of like regular and then i was like so it kind of gave me an opportunity to like make non-sorority friends before right. anyways so it was like three days, four days. I don't know, but it was like, so I just started going through it and I was like, this is so much fun. Like I like everyone. <laughs> like 
this is like I would I was literally like I would join like pretty much any sorority at this point um I was I very lucky I had a very good rush process I was one of the the lucky few and um it just had a like every experience was positive and that's like kind of rare so don't go into it with that mindset but um I ended up joining Gamma Phi Beta which I never say Gamma Phi Beta and I joined G Phi um mm-hmm. and I loved 85% of it, like loved it. And I had my ups and downs, 100%. All of like, I mean, you got to imagine what a sorority is. It's hundreds of girls together. Like mm-hmm. catty shit happens, like petty shit happens, drama, rumors, like people like becoming Eskimo sisters, like just the whole, like everything happens in a sorority, but there's some type of unity in kind of being all under the same name that's so unique and so special and I loved that sense of belonging because I had felt <laughs> so alienated like my whole high school experience um and it was like so outside of my control so this was just like so fun so Chapman Greek life is and I'm with Lynn like there's no way I would have rushed if I was at a school that was much bigger than a Chapman and Chapman was probably like 8,000 undergrad students, maybe like 7,000. Um, our, we, so we had, I can't remember. I think we had like eight, eight sororities, eight fraternities. Um, and it's hard for me to say whether or not how integrated Greek life is at Chapman, but I felt like it was a pretty big deal. We, we had quite a bit of pull on campus and I, 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 in the moment, I didn't know whether or not like I was going to feel left out or alienated if I wasn't in a sorority or whatever. But looking back on it, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because my literal best friend from college was not in a sorority. We just met through like a class and like hit it off. And she debated rushing for like one second and then was like, no, this is not for me. And Mm -hmm. we still talk about it to this day, but she became friends with like all the girls that I became friends with. And like, yeah, my whole friend group, for the most part was in Greek life. Um, most of the girls I lived with were in my sorority. Um, we did not have houses. So that was really an interesting thing with Chapman. They did not have houses on, on, we didn't have like a Greek row or anything. Um, but my sorority, um, had been at Chapman for so long. We actually basically had a monopoly over this one house in, um, like right across the street, basically what would have been a Greek row had they had one. Um, like right across the street from the dorms and like the football field. And it was a, it was a designated G5 house and everybody knew it. And I got to live there at my uh, senior year and it was so freaking fun. It was like, cause I never got to live in like a, a sorority house and I totally would have mm-hmm. had, I had the opportunity. So it was really fun. And I lived there with all of like my closest, like um, G5 friends. And then my friend who was not a part of a sorority and was like amazing. Um, but all the sororities, I feel like really mingled well, like got along with each other. Same with the fraternities. It was fairly clicky at the beginning mm-hmm. of my time at Chapman. I think I, I definitely felt a shift happen halfway through my time at Chapman where I was like, kind of like the, there's not tears, but there's tears. Like I, that's one of like the, the like myths will debunk there there's not tears, but there is a perception of better and worse. And I feel like 
people, a lot of people don't really want to acknowledge it, but it's there. It's if you care, you have to decide what you give a shit about. My sorority was not like a top sorority and I didn't care. So it was like the best for Mm -hmm. me. But anyways, um, I felt the shift kind of happen where it was like it, the the playing ground kind of leveled a little bit, like all like some of the sororities that were like newer, didn't have a lot of like super diverse gals in their group kind of became more integrated into the Greek life system and like just a kind of like meshing of like every sorority and fraternity. And it was so much fun. That was honestly, it was probably like my junior year where that kind of started to happen. And it was just like, so, so, so much fun when people just kind of like the shallowness of Greek life started to wear off a little bit, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't like, well, I'm in the sorority. So I interact with this fraternity exclusively. Like that all started to like blend away. And that's honestly because we had so many Greek life events that included all of the chapters and like forced mm-hmm. the chapters to mingle. And one of our philanthropy events at, like that my sorority put on was one of those events that just matched random sororities and fraternities together to like to put on this like show and whatever. And I think that that started to like create a little bit of like a shift in, in interactions. And people were like, Oh, this sorority is really cool. Like these guys are really cool. Like, and whatever. Anyways, um, our, our, so this is kind of getting to your point that you had said earlier. Um, Chapman Greek life is very, very unique. And I will say there is a lot like, our Greek life brings in a lot of money to that school, a lot more than I think the staff fully realized. I think Greek life really took a turn like during the time I was there. Um, I think that's when it started to like really peak at its like popularity um, and it's like desire desirability. Yeah. So it's super competitive. Everybody wants to win everything. Like every sorority and fraternity is like really, really competitive, but like in the best way. So it's like, who's going to rain the, you know, raise the most money. Who's going to do this or that or whatever. Who's going to be the loudest when they're chanting. Like it's not competitive in like a really bad way for most of my experiences. Um, but the hold that started to have on the school was interesting. And I do not think our, um, administration at Chapman enjoyed it so much so that they changed our recruiting time to spring recruitment. And at first it was like kind of a weird transition from like winter, like interterm area to, um, spring recruitment. And it was literally what you said. It was to allow students to have more time to build a social life prior to joining a sorority Mm -hmm. therefore decreasing the amount of people who were joining sororities and whatever, and therefore decreasing like basically like the monetary holds on whatever, um, and decreasing the popularity and whatever. And it was so wild. Like there was just like our administration just like had a vengeance for Greek, Greek life. And it was like so bizarre because we were like the most fucking tame, like Greek life system compared to like these other schools and like whatever. Let's talk best experience with our sorority. Actually, you know what? Let's talk worst experience and then we can end on the best experience. I like that. I okay. like that. Um, this is going to be so cliche, but there's honestly like no horrible experience (laughs) that I can think of. Like there genuinely isn't anything that I'm like, oh my God, this was terrible. I don't ever want to relive that. I think for me, if I had to like come up with a negative, it was more just like being constantly overwhelmed with like the social aspect and expectation. Like it's a very big commitment, um, especially when we were required to live in, in the house. Um, 
there's a lot of FOMO, you know, obviously it's kind of like you were saying earlier, you expect it when you put a huge group of women together, there's going to be cattiness, there's going to be like exclusivity, whatever. And I think being in the house, definitely there were moments when you really felt that. And for me as an introvert, who also is very socially anxious, when I needed like downtime, but would hear everyone out in the great room hanging out for me, I was like, Mm. God damn it. Like I need to like go force myself to be out there. So I think that would only be like, that would be my negative experience. I think just the constant like feeling of like I needed to be on. Um, And I definitely only really felt that earlier in my time, like maybe the first two years, I think by junior year and senior year, I was obviously more settled. And I kind of also just stopped caring as much, honestly. And I just lived my life not revolving around the sorority as I had the previous two years. But yeah. What about you? Honestly? Okay. Well, there's one particular experience that I, I really just never talk about, but I'll like share the basics of it. But in general, I just did not enjoy chapter. And I Mm. feel like, and for context chapters, like your weekly meetings that you have to go to and ours were always Sunday at 4 p.m. And it was so goddamn annoying that we had to go at Sunday at 4 p.m. Because you're like barely coming back from your weekend hangover and you just want to lounge and eat and whatever. And all of the the freaking rules around missing chapter, those were Mm -hmm. tough. And like people, we don't find, um, our sorority doesn't find people for missing meetings, but a lot of other sororities do. And actually that might've changed. I don't know, but whatever. Um, and I just, it was never fun. And, and the, quite frankly, no one really enjoyed chapter. I don't, I just, no. I don't know if it was like the day that we had chapter, like all the sororities had it on Sunday. Um, but it just like, I don't know everything else about it being in a sorority is like super fun, but like your weekly meetings are not like the blast or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I found a way to start enjoying them a lot more at the end of it and stuff. And like it, it got better, but, um, so <laughs> this one, one particular situation is so tough for a multitude of reasons. Um, so I was super involved in my sorority and I loved it. It like just fed my love for event planning and being involved and getting to like do all these fun things that I never got to do in high school that I always wanted to do. And, um, but at a much larger level and it was just, you know, I was good at it and I felt good about it. And I loved, especially the philanthropy part of it was like so much fun. Um, and we had elections like right after this real, this are one of the most, one of the largest events on campus that I and my team had put on. And, um, you know, there's certain qualifications you have to meet to run for, you know, certain executive positions. And, um, one of them is paying your dues on time in the chaos that was planning, you know, a $5,000 event that generated $25,000 and was hosting 2000 like attendees, I forgot to pay my dues. And I, (laughs) it was that simple. Um, I forgot to pay my dues and it had, I remembered the next morning and I was like up at like 7am or no, probably like 6am and I was on my computer and long story short, um, it disqualified me from running for this executive position. And I like, couldn't quite believe it. I I couldn't quite believe that like really, truly, this was going to be the thing that took me out. Like I was like, how I, 
no one in that sorority other than my team had a concept of how much fucking work went into that event, how much sleep was lost, how much anxiety, how much pressure, everything that went into that event that, you know, just a couple of college girls were dealing with. And for not a single moment of considering of making an exception for me was made was just, I had never felt so betrayed in my entire life. And I understood my mistake and I owned it. And my God, is that not a like lesson in consequences of your actions? Um, but I just couldn't believe that they wouldn't make an exception. And it was, it was devastating. It was a devastating blow. It was one of the things I had wanted this more than I think anything. I had worked my ass off. I had worked towards it. I didn't even think it was a possibility until people told me that I could do this. And then I started to believe in myself and believe in this opportunity. And then my heart was in that shit. I wanted it so freaking bad. And when you're in Greek life, and this is one of my pieces of advice, you have, you can lose perspective of like what's really happening around you. And in your unique ecosystem, that is your sorority. It's so easy to get lost in like the, um, like the environment that you're in. And then these things feel so big to you and like the end of the freaking world to you. And that's at the moment, what it felt like long story short, everything happens for a reason. And I firmly believe like I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that that's what needed to happen. I was going down a path that was like obsessing over something that was not really allowing me to like be my best self. Um, And then I went to Italy after that with two of my best friends and the changed, you know, my God, I went to Italy and it changed my life, but it did. Um, And then I pulled back from everything that I was super involved in and started to handle some stuff that were going on in my life. And um, it just started to enjoy stuff a little bit more rather than do so much. And mm-hmm. I, my whole perspective kind of changed and stuff. So things happen for a reason, but even then I never considered dropping out and girls would come up to me all the time and be like, are you going to drop out now? And I'd be like, if you genuinely think that I would just drop out of the sorority because I didn't get what I wanted what the fuck? Like you guys, you mm-hmm. guys need to go get some perspective. That's not how life works. You don't just like give up on something just because you didn't get what you wanted at the end of it. Um, everything happens for a reason. I don't regret it. And every, you know, it's all good. You know, it's, you learn a lot from the situations. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. but, um, tell us how that led to your best experience though, because you said you were able to step back and get some perspective and just like you were able, able to like enjoy things more. Yeah. Well, so my best experiences were still being involved. Um, well, my best, ex- two best experiences. One was being a part of the philanthropy and really getting to be a part of this group of gals. I loved so much in a position of leadership dr- and doing philanthropy focused things and making it fun for people and engaging and educational for people. And I was so passionate about philanthropy at that point in my life. It was like a dream come true to get to do this, um, for my sorority. Um, but oddly enough, one of the best all time experiences I had in college alone, um, but specifically from my sorority wasn't even a part of my sorority. It was just a Mm -hmm. part of being in Greek life. Um, when that opportunity didn't play out how I had a hoped it would, um, other doors open and the potential to be a row gamma, which I don't know what they call them at other schools. I don't know what they call them at your school, but 
it's the person who disaffiliates from their sorority to guide the PNMs, the potential new members, through the recruitment process. What did you guys we call that? we called them rogue gammas as well? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this was a fairly competitive um, program that girls wanted to be a part of, and um, you know, by some miracle, that ended up working out for me. And I had gone into it with a much better perspective. I didn't have my entire value placed on getting this thing. Um, but I got to be a rogue So like I said, this is, you know, the person who's disaffiliated from their chapter for a set amount of time and guides all these young, cute girls through recruitment and just gets to like be their like mom for a little bit. And I love getting to help people and, you know, deal with their emotions and give advice and whatever. Genuinely, if I had stuck out all of my sorority and I didn't like it and it all led up to get to being a rogue gamma at the end of it, like it would have been worth it. Like it was that of a, that's how amazing like the experience was. Um, you're just with these girls at such a formative time in their life and you get to really, really help them through what can be a very, very tough process. And, you know, being the empathetic person I am, it was a, it was a, it, it was a test to myself, like how I could manage the energy of so many other people. Um, but I met so many incredible girls. I interacted with girls from every sorority, like every corner of Greek life. And um, the whole training process was so much fun and watching all these girls like end up in their sororities and then watching girls that I loved end up in sororities that were, you know, ended up in my sorority and stuff. And even, and then also watching girls you love end up not end up in your sorority is always a bummer. Um, and not being able to interact with anybody in your sorority or give any advice advice is a bummer, but it's all worth it in the end. So, um, yeah, that was one of the best experiences I had in Greek life and it wasn't with my sorority. (laughs) Actually, wait, I will add this one last piece of my best experience. One of the also best experiences I had was our last formal, um, the pregame was happening. The formal was on my birthday and Mm. it was the last month of school. My last month of college, it it was my birthday. It was our last formal and the pregame was at our house. And it was just the coolest fucking thing to be with like all of these girls kind of for the last time and kind of like have them celebrate me, but this experience in this moment. And it was just like one of the coolest experiences of my life. And it, yeah, it's one of those moments where you're like, I'm surrounded by like so many incredible girls and this mm-hmm. is it. I'll never talk to most of you guys ever again, <laughs> but <laughs> not for anything bad, just because you can't keep in contact with like 160 girls. But yeah, anyways, let's um, tell me about your best experience. I feel like I don't even, I'm the worst. I can't pinpoint like any experience. I would just say, like, in general, though, um, I, like, loved going to the events. Greek Week was one of my favorite things ever. As you guys all know, I hate games, especially field games. But there was just something about Greek Week that was just so fun. And I think it kind of goes back to that sense of just, like, unity that you have between not only your sorority, but all of the other Greek houses. So, like, the frats and the sororities together. And it was just so much fun. Like, it was a week of just straight events, super fun to go to. Um, I also loved all of our like little philanthropy things that we did. Um, like we did a pie, a pie, pie. So we would stand outside in like the main area, like courtyard and, you know, have all your friends come throw pies at you. And it was super fun. Obviously you smell disgusting after because the <laughs> pies were only like trays of whipped cream. So it wasn't actually like pie. And then you would just have like, that's what we would do too. Yeah. 
That's so, so um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really good. And I loved formals as well. Um, oh my God. Yeah, you know, it's always best. fun to like have an excuse to get dressed up and like go have a fun time. So yeah. Yeah. I don't have any like specific. No, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, time of my life. this is good because it shows two different experiences within Greek life and being in a sorority, mm-hmm. like you and I, while we both went to small schools, like probably did have very different sorority experiences. So yeah. Um, yeah. Formals are always the best part. Honestly, it's why most girls stick it out. And so many <laughs> girls would drop sororities right after formals too. It was so uh-huh. funny. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So let's get into the myths. Let's talk about it. And of course, once again, these are me and Lynn's opinions. These are not facts. Mm-hmm. Please take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the big question is, how does recruitment work? And this is so interesting. If you go into sorority or recruitment as the PNM, knowing nothing, and then when you find out about how it works, your fucking mind's going to be blown, like blown. The level of coordination, at least from my end at my sorority, is insane. Like the amount Mm -hmm. of people coordinating, this is like everything is planned out. But at least for my sorority not to an extent that hinders the process. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of these Bama sororities, they literally get like cheat sheets on people and they like study up on them. We oh don't know God. anything. Yeah, we about don't know you. anything. We don't know anything about you until the the first round, like tell me if this is the same for you, but the first round we're meeting you like just complete cold call. Basically. We don't know anything mm-hmm. about you. No one is looking you up on social media. No one is digging through your profile. No one, none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are taking notes about stuff you're saying and we're jotting them down. We're remembering them. And that's how we start piecing people together. So the second and third and fourth day become a lot more customized to each individual that mm-hmm. gets called back, basically. Um, Should we explain like just what the general framework is so like people understand what like the first day the second day and everything sure, is yeah so essentially like each house and will have like a certain day I know like obviously at Bama like philanthropy day was like three days long for us it was Jesus. just like one single day yeah. but there will be different quote-unquote parties every day that you go to and it'll be like for philanthropy it'll be for sisterhood and essentially during those days the sororities are just asking the new girls questions about like their values Mm -hmm. and whether or not your your values align with their philanthropy their values as a chapter so it's like very at least for us it was like very values based um we also didn't like do research on people per se like we know who was rushing and we would have gone through it, but the only information we had was like whatever you submitted to us. Right, so it yeah. was like, we know where you're from, but obviously no one's sitting there memorizing that. It's more of just like a, just we, to kind of give like some sort of context right. of who you are. Um, I'm but, sure your story is the same, but uh, we know if you're a legacy, we do know that. Yeah. And if you're a legacy, at least in my story, then we start up, we start to find more about you. There's a little bit more of a, a deep, not deep, you don't get like extra consideration or no, you get extra consideration, but not extra attention. But I do mm-hmm. think like there's a little bit more. I, I think it's is. really just know. the assumption that like, if you're a legacy, we like the assumption is that the person, whoever you're a legacy of, we assume that you have the same values as the person who was, you know, previously mm. before you. So like, I, my sister also rushed Pi Fi at UPS and she was obviously a legacy to me. Um, so 
you know, the assumption would be like, you know, you have someone who's been in this specific organization before. So we would expect that you would uphold those same values. Kind of Interesting. I, I don't know that we have quite have the same perspective on legacies. All I know is that in my story, at least, and this is like probably some shit I'm not supposed to be saying, but like, whatever, um, you definitely get more consideration. If, if we are to cut a legacy from G5 and this might have changed, actually, I'm actually fairly certain this did change the year after like I graduated at the time when I was recruiting there to cut a legacy, you had to submit like an entire thing explaining why they did not fit our values. Mm. Like it had to be like an explicit detail why you believe. And there had to be like multiple girls that, that submitted mm-hmm. that same form and were like, this girl's not a good match. Mm-hmm. And it's not to like shit talk them. It, it may be that they would genuinely be better somewhere else. Yeah. Well, also I would like to say the legacies at our school too also definitely had like higher consideration. Like you were going to make I it to I honestly don't like that. It's stupid. Um, it's, it, it prevents these girls from getting into sororities that match their, pers- their, their vibe, their personality and their values better. Like mm-hmm. it's so I, and honestly they might've, they might've gotten rid of that in G5. I don't remember, but yeah. Anyways, enough about legacies. Um, yeah. So ours, ours was four days. I think it used to be three and they changed it to four. But mm-hmm. yeah, like the first day, I think ours was similar. Philanthropy, pref, pref is where they try to hit you in the heart. Um, they that's where the heartstrings get pulled. It's their last ditch attempt at getting you deep into their sorority, feeling connected, feeling wanted, feeling special, understanding that like these girls are here for more than just fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then bid day. And that's where you open up your bid at my school. If you, um, if you went through sorority recruitment, you went to every house, you went to every house that you were called back to, and you did the the process fair and square, like everybody else, um, you would be guaranteed a bid at the end. No one will ever get dropped from, from every house unless I actually don't think I've ever heard of that happening. Um, so like everyone who goes through the process and follows each step and does each thing, is guaranteed a bid, um, which I loved. You'll never get an empty bid card. Like that will never happen. If you do a suicide bid where you only put one preference when you put in your last, you know, preference at the end of the whole process, you're not guaranteed a bid. So I love that part about uh, being a rogue game. It was a lot easier knowing that like every single girl in my sorority who wanted a bid would get one. Doesn't mean it'll be from the sorority you want, um, but Mm-hmm. Everybody I actually the don't know how we did it at UPS. I don't know if everyone was guaranteed to get a bit at the end. Um, I would hope so. <laughs> but yeah, I actually don't your school know. is that they should, but yeah. I, it, it depends like how many girls are allowed in the chapters and how many chapters you have and stuff. But anywho, um, what is a big, that's always the question. People are like, what's a big and a little? Yeah. I mean, it's essentially just your big sister. So it's someone who's been in the chapter yeah. longer than you have. And they kind of act as your like guardian angel throughout yeah. the process. Like they help you get to know people. Um, and I think the misconception is that there's like a lot of just like pressure or like Pressure. Yeah. Pressure to have like a really cute, big little relationship. There's a whole week where you like have like a big reveal. So not Mm -hmm. only do you have your bid day reveal, you also have your big reveal after you've been in the sorority for a little while. And, um, I feel like everyone wants to just have like the most like 
strong relationship with their big. I personally had a very good relationship with my big. We're still friends. We still talk. And I know you do as well. Um, But I don't really like the whole pressure of like, you guys need to be like besties forever because, you know, when you're going through it, at least for our school, I'm like half the time, I'm like, I don't think we even like got to know these people long enough for anyone to like make a valid judgment on whether or not this person should be your guardian angel I don't know why I keep saying that but you know no yeah yeah I 100% agree I don't have much to add to that yeah I I think there's so much unnecessary pressure and I um I hope that it's changing a little bit but it is a fun part of the process yeah and I think that you can make your big little relationship whatever you want it Mm -hmm. to be tell me this yeah is it a popularity contest well tell me this okay so when you say popularity contest do you mean like based on what sort of you get into is that a popularity contest? Yeah. It is if you want it to be. Really, mm-hmm. truly is how I feel about it. If you want to be Miss Popular and you want to be in whatever's considered the top sorority because that's the value you want, by all means, go in with that attitude. Go in with that goal. You may end up right where you want to be. But that prevents you from really exploring all opportunities. Um, and I think that there was so many girls that ended up in sororities they may not have originally picked for themselves that found so much more meaningful connections. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's girls that were, we were not their first choice and they ended up in our sorority and we're like, my God, thank God I didn't end up in that other sorority. And, you know, at the very end of my process, I was between two chapters and one was G5 and the other one had a reputation of being the so-called top house and had a pop feeler girl vibe is kind of how I would describe it. And maybe that's unfair to judge them that way, but that was the impression I got. And I made the decision to be in the one I felt the better connection to and the deeper connection to rather than having like the social capital that would have come with it. Um, so yeah, it is if you want it to be, but honestly, like as soon as you get into your sorority, those like tears and popularity and whatever really starts to fade away. And then you're just all in Greek life together. And I will acknowledge that there, like I said earlier, like there is a perception of some sororities are better than others and it's there, it's present. There's it's inevitable, but it doesn't mean you have to care about it. Yeah. You're paying for it. Like true. I think that's really the, I've never heard it like vocalized that way of it's really just like perception. Like if you want to think about it that way, by all means, go ahead, think of it that way. But I think you're right. Like once you're in it, it doesn't, it's not what's on your mind and people can think whatever they want to think. But if you don't want to think that by all means, just enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, also you're just going through life aiming for popularity that's probably you not probably reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting authentic popularity. I mean, yes. there were so many people who were very well known in our, on mm-hmm. campus that were well known because they were just really good people who were then yeah. made a lot of really genuine connections with a lot of other people. So mm-hmm. this is hazing a thing at the fraternities on campus. 1 million percent, the sororities, 99% of the sororities did not haze at all. Not even like a little bit. It was so yeah insanely strict we have like so much training on hazing like it's insane like Mm -hmm. the hazing is is very well monitored from a sorority perspective uh, chapman at least but shit happens i mean you see the stories on the news and stuff and it does not come in from nowhere um at ups hazing was absolutely not a thing either i'm also 
pretty confident that, that it was a thing in the, the fraternities. Um, but as far as the sororities, anything I know, like there was absolutely zero, zero tolerance for it. It was not acceptable and not ever anything that I worried about. Yeah. I think if that had ever existed at any point, my sorority would have dropped like without question. I would have been like, fuck this. Like there's fun Mm -hmm. stuff like teasing, like rituals and whatever. And like, you know, stupid things you'll do, but it's all voluntary. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, and it's not dangerous. Yeah. None of those things. None of the stuff that you see online. Buying your friends. This is a hot take. This is a hot take that a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. And And I feel like you're either like, I don't feel like there's anyone who's like, um, yeah. like there, I don't feel like people are usually in a gray area about this. They're yeah. either like you do that or, oh my God, absolutely not. <laughs> right. I imagine you and I have the same perspective, but yeah, you're paying for a social life, but at the same time, you're not like, even if that's what it was, like, it's not that bad. Like, even if that's what mm-hmm. you like, what sort of was like Greek life was, was buying mm-hmm. your friends. Like if you're making real connections, then who fucking cares if you're putting a monetary you know, mm-hmm. investment into it. Um, especially, I mean, we'll talk about the benefits, but the networking opportunities through your sorority, like the financial part of it, if you make it count will be worth it. And I mm-hmm. don't know, as far as buying your friends, I don't feel that way at all. I never felt that way. I was paying for an experience that I would never get anywhere else at any point in my life. I wasn't buying friends. I knew I could have friends. I had fucking Laurel, who's the friend that I made like all of my friends from my freshman year were not in my sorority and I had not met through my sorority. And then obviously Mm -hmm. things shift a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say the same. I don't think it literally ever crossed my mind ever. The thought that I was buying my friends. I also think that that just kind of insinuates that you pay to be like, it it makes it sound so black and white. It makes it sound like you go there, you pay and you're automatically guaranteed friends. That is not the case. mm -hmm. And I think it really just goes back to like, you get what you put in. And if you like do the work to network and generally like make genuine connections, like it's, if anything, it's just like an environment that like makes it a little, little bit easier or just like fosters the ability. And it makes sense because the whole point of rushing the sorority is that you're finding a place of like-minded people that you right. will probably That's inevitably be friends with. So I completely agree. I don't think that using, or like that phrase really, I don't think it's true. I don't think it's, yeah. I think it's kind of like lack of understanding a yeah. little bit. I think it's um, a little, it's the easy yeah. go-to judgment of Greek life. Yeah. Also, if you're conducting a values-based recruitment process, which most sororities are, like you said, you're going to end up in a group with people who are like-minded. You might have all completely different interests, but you at least have the basic core values in, in certain mm-hmm. things or beliefs or whatever it is. Um, is it like a cult? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, a little bit. There are some aspects to it, which I feel like we can't really disclose, but there are definitely like certain aspects to it where you kind of just sit there and you're like, I didn't think I would ever be doing this in my life, but it's nothing bad. It's more just kind of like a, this is bizarre. Oh, moment. Like this is weird, but you're never like, this is horrible. So so I I do think a lot of sororities have the same cultish routines I, I mean, like mm-hmm. the handshake, the, you know, songs and certain phrases and signatures and all of that stuff. Like, I think everyone has the same stuff. It just looks different for each sorority. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're not being indoctrinated. Like it's not, mm-hmm. you can go down the hole of Greek life really, really deep and forget anything else matters, but that's on you. That's not on your sorority. So yeah, maintaining perspective. I do think it's good to have friends outside of your sorority to have that perspective of like that not everything matters about it's not important just because it's in your mm-hmm. sorority or related to your sorority. Um, it should yeah. take precedent over everything else in your life. But um, yeah, there are some culty moments, but overall, but it's funny. Like who cares? Like it's mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. all of like any moment we were like, this is kind of weird. Like it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. yeah. And there are, it's a sorority. I will say a lot of the stereotypes related to cults probably are true. Yeah. But, like who cares? Whatever. It's funny. It's fine. I think it's like you said, it's all about that perspective. Yeah. As long as your sorority is not your entire freaking life. Yes. You're yeah. fine. It should not. That's not the purpose of a sorority. It's not supposed to be yeah. your entire life. Every sorority, at every campus is entirely different. Mm-hmm. Or G5 was probably very different than the G5 on my campus. And my best friend from high school rushed G5 at, or she rushed like a sorority, but she wanted G5 at one point. Um, on her campus and she went to a school in the Midwest and it was completely different. And I hear stories about girls that have the talk about G5 and other campuses where they're just sound like the fucking worst. Um, and I would never have joined that sorority had they been that version of them on our campus. Um, so in that regard, you really cannot compare sororities from campus to campus. And I actually think if you do that, you're going to set yourself up for failure Especially mm-hmm. if you rush at one school to then transfer to another school, you may end up in an entirely different environment. Yes. Um, I do think in general, like sororities, like kind of have, a, like, at least at my school, it was so small, like each sorority did have a little bit of a stereotype and it was associated mm-hmm. with you. Again, it's if you care about it though, like it's, yeah. they're there. Yeah, they exist. And I definitely had stereotypical opinions of other sororities and other fraternities, but I didn't really care what people thought about me based on my affiliation, unless mm-hmm. it was like something morally really horrible, then I would have had a problem with that. But it, it, yeah, it is kind of, if you care, but yeah, I, they do exist for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the key is really just that they are so different at every single school you go to. And I feel like a lot of people from the outside don't really know that. Yeah. So, like you can't just really make a blanket statement about every single chapter of Pi Beta Phi ever, I guess, regarding stereotype. Obviously, the point is that the same values are upheld w- across every single chapter. Yeah, but well. as far as like stereotype goes, it's so different everywhere. And again, yes, like show shed. It's really just if you care about um, that. As far as Greek rank or whatever that website is, it's so inaccurate. Yeah. You cannot pay attention to it. Like no. I remember after I joined my sorority, I was reading some of the things about every other sorority. And I was like, mm-hmm. I swear to God, people are writing shit on here just to stir up shit. I it's painfully inaccurate. I think it's yeah. just a bunch of people who have never or not even college students who have never rushed ever going on there and just posting mm-hmm. stupid funny shit. Yeah. It's so funny though because I also remember like right after I joined PiFi, I also went on that website. I think that's just like kind of a rite of passage. And yeah. You're like now I'm part of this thing. You're like I have to know what people are see. saying. Mm-hmm. But yes, can agree that it is fully just inaccurate. Things are like it's literally people just making shit up and you're yeah. like uh don't agree with that. Um, yeah. I literally feel like sororities, every sorority across the entire country would agree with that. Like it's, it's yeah, painfully yeah. inaccurate 
for everyone <laughs> like not just for certain <laughs> schools it's inaccurate for everyone so because it's funny we see people on tiktok being like well great great says blah 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 and then all the girls would be like yeah that's a fucking joke like it doesn't that's yeah. not even the husband actually no, water. no yeah so the you know the big question at the end of all of this discussion is is it worth it what do you think yes <laughs> without a doubt yes um i think that I said this before, but you really get what you put into it. So for me, obviously, you guys probably after listening to this know, like my perspective was a little bit more withdrawn and my whole experience was more, I would say passive would be a good way to describe it. Um, But again, like there are those girls who do like just put so much in. I'm not even referring to you, like those girls who really, really are like, all in like gung-ho like this is my life and there's nothing wrong with it but I think you just have to remember like not everyone in the sorority feels that way and I was one of those people who kind of took a step back from it but I absolutely made like my lifelong best friends from it um uh, overall like a unique experience just being at a smaller liberal arts school I said this before I don't think I would have survived at a big school I think I would have been terrified and probably Mm -hmm. scared of being (laughs) Yeah, but um, the network opportunities are honestly so great too. Like you can you reach out to so many people, and regardless of if they were in your specific chapter or not, you are always going to have that sense of unity. And I think that's super super cool. Um, and it's been really nice. I think obviously now I've been out of school for quite some time, but I feel like since being in Seattle, I've definitely like reconnected with some of the girls who were older than me from the sorority or younger than me from the sorority and like have made friendships that I didn't even like see coming. And it only took like being outside of the actual sorority environment for me to, you know, find that sense of belonging with them. So overall, I think, yes, there are definitely the parts of it where you sit back and you're like, (laughs) why am I here? Why do I have to go to chapter? The last thing I want to do, because our chapter was on Monday evening. So it's like the last thing I want to do after a Monday of school is go put on nice clothes and go to chapter. But, you know, aside from all of the kind of nuances that you, you kind of know you're getting yourself into when you decide to join a sorority in general, um, it's totally worth it. I think that it really benefited my college experience and I feel like I learned a lot about myself too, as far as like what I value in my friendships and connections with people. Um, I also would say yes. Um, And I just ditto to what Lynn said. You get what you, you get out of it, what you put into it. It I mean, that's like, is that's like the motto of life truly, but to like a very extreme level, your sorority experience will be what you make it. You have a lot of control over how you want that to go for yourself. Um, I jumped in, you know, feet first and was like, let's go or head first. I don't know which one's the right saying, but, um, um, but yeah, I, I went for it and I, loved it. And I was definitely very timid and a little bit unsure and shy at the beginning. And I took shit so seriously. Like, so Mm -hmm. I'm such a rule follower. So I took stuff really, really seriously. And then I started to loosen up and like make more friends and 
and whatever, and like connect with these girls. And I mean, there were a lot of girls in my, my pledge class that were so different than me who I probably Mm -hmm. would have never met other than in my sorority. Some girls, I wasn't, you know, like their biggest fan and some girls I felt indifferent and other girls I loved. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet, you're going to have people from all walks of life, different interests, different majors, different, everything, um, who managed all end up in the same place. So, um, it is a very unique social experiment for sure. Um, but yeah, I was super involved, you know, for a good amount of time that I was in that sorority and it was great for me for what I needed in my life. You know, like you said, you were more of a passive member and I, for me, what I wanted out of college was to be involved and to Mm -hmm. have that experience and get that leadership experience and get to be doing these fun things and whatever. Like that's the, that's the experience I chose for myself, but I had so many other friends who never held a leadership position and loved it just as much or for a different reason. For some girls, it was like their way of having a social life. And for other girls, it was whatever. Everybody has a different purpose or reason for being in a sorority and you decide that for yourself if it's worth it. But what I will just say is I think everybody should allow themselves to go through rush and just Mm -hmm. see if you find a connection that's worth it. And the thing is, is that you don't get initiated until we say for every sorority, but you don't get initiated until like several months into being in your sorority. So you're not like really committed to much until later on. And then there's, and that's very typical. There's plenty of girls who do drop in between, you know, bid day and the initiation process. That's totally fine. Everybody's there to figure it out for themselves. But I just think that everybody owes it to themselves to just try it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I know that's different based, based on what school you're going to. Um, I probably would have tried it at like a school like Alabama. I don't know that I would have stuck it out. I don't know that I mm-hmm. would have lasted more than a day or two, but I just think like, if you never, if you close yourself off to it because you think you're better than it, or there's these stereotypes or whatever, then you really never give yourself that opportunity. And like, whenever I tell people that I was in Greek life, everyone's going to have their opinion and stereotype around it. And I always like, am quick to be like, well, it was so different at Chapman. And really truthfully, like it, Greek life was so different at Chapman and at, you know, Puget Sound, like it was just, mm-hmm such a different experience where we were and it was exactly what we wanted for our lives at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you don't join it and you decide it's not for you, you're still gonna, it's still the same thing. You make that experience in college, what you want it to be, you know, Mm -hmm. the opportunities are endless and you just because you're not in Greek life does not mean you can't be friends with girls that are in Greek life and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like lots of my friends were not in Greek life or were in other sororities or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you get to decide what your experience is, but don't not rush because you have these stereotypes of what it is because you never know. Mm-hmm. And there's so many girls that even on TikTok that were like rushing and being like, I kind of had an idea that I wanted the sorority at the end. They're like, oh, I just had the most amazing conversation with the sorority. Mm-hmm. I would have never like guessed would have been like the one for me. And like, they're the one for me and whatever. And then you're like, oh my God. And you feel so at home. But also that home feeling definitely takes time to feel like that. Like you yeah. will, you might feel that during the recruitment and then you're like, oh shit, what did I get into? Like there's 150 girls here. I have no idea who you are. I don't know how to talk to anyone or interact with anyone. It's so overwhelming. It's so confusing. It's can be a little lonely, a little alienating takes mm-hmm. time to get that home totally. feeling and you got to put in the work. But yeah, also I will say being in a sorority, especially if you're in a leaders- leadership position is literally like running a motherfucking business. I was dealing mm-hmm. with so much money so many contracts, 
like full businesses outside of my sorority, like just Mm -hmm. full actual businesses dealing with like the administration on campus, dealing with like sales. Like you are literally running like a business. It's so wild. It's a mini democracy. Like it's so insane. Um, but my God, like if that's experience you want for yourself, if you want to have that super involved experience, it is literally like, even as a t-shirt chair, like you can attest to like, it's your, Mm -hmm. your first taste of like, this is what it is like to kind of be responsible for something super legit, like super real life, even though it Mm -hmm. is a sorority, like you're dealing with venues, you're dealing with like blacked out girls that you have to deal with liabilities, all of Mm -hmm. this crazy shit. So it is really good experience in that sense. And I, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of my experience in my sorority is like what helped me get internships and jobs too. So yeah, totally, totally. Great resume booster. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't only do it for that reason, but it doesn't hurt. That's for But sure. it doesn't hurt to have it there. All right, guys. Well, that concludes today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to us share our personal sorority experiences and hope that this was informative to you if you are thinking about rushing a sorority or if you just want to know more about you know sororities in general so um we hope you enjoyed it as always you guys can follow us on instagram at basically anxious pod so you can stay up to date with whatever's going on um in our podcasting lives so follow us there until next week we will talk to you guys all later bye bye